Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. to My Strategy with author and personal growth coach John M. Hawkins. John will provide coaching and inspiration, motivation and advice on your personal development in order to help you with the best decision making possible. So now please welcome the host of My Strategy, John M. Hawkins. Hi and welcome everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. We're comedy live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. The show is called My Strategy. Well, welcome, everybody. Really glad to be here. Uh, glad that you could join us. Uh, my strategy episodes are live and on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today, we're going to be talking about servant leadership. Uh, last week, we talked about example leadership. So I thought I would uh, pivot a little bit and talk about servant leadership. We're going to talk about the art of servant leadership, servant leadership philosophy, benefits of being a servant leader, the impact on organizations the downside of servant leadership. And I'm going to give you tips for building your servant leadership strategy. Well, again, very happy to be here with you today. Um, the My Strategy Show is every Saturday. And for me, Saturday is a great day of the week to reflect on my goals, my personal development. Um, and I feel that it's a good time really for anyone to start thinking about what they're focusing on from a personal development perspective. Our My Strategy show continues to grow. Uh, we're available on most digital platforms, uh, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Player FM, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spreaker, and many more. So if you'd like to listen to a replay of this episode or go listen to any of the other uh, 64 episodes that we've put together, you can go out there and find them. Uh, you can find me on most social media platforms. My Twitter handle is at HawkinsJohn. That's at HawkinsJohn. And my website is JohnMHawkins.com. And just like anything in life, we need to have a strategy and a plan to help us reach our goals. 
because the best laid plans don't always work. This week, I'm looking for stories on leadership. Do you have any good examples, a tip, a trick, or something that you'd like to share with me? If you do, send it to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. And really, we're looking for any sort of examples. So we'll even take some horror stories if you have them, or perhaps some uh, really positive leadership experiences that you've had. Well, today, again, we're talking about servant leadership. We're going to talk about what servant leadership is, meaning the philosophy behind it. We're going to talk about how it applies to an individual uh, and also an institution. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the art of servant leadership. Uh, Servant leadership is a revolutionist strategy, or it's a divergent strategy from traditional leadership. We're going to talk a little bit about what it is. We're going to talk about how it's designed to empower and uplift those who work for them, meaning the individuals as opposed to the other type of authoritarian uh, leadership style. And I think it's important for me to state at this point that this show is about personal development. So this show really isn't designed uh, for leaders to be listening while they can and will gain benefit. It's designed for you to be listening, because what we want to do is start to think about how this applies in our own lives, understand the philosophy, and if it makes sense, maybe we want to uh, find a company or start to use some of these own tactics and strategies in our own lives. So keep in mind, this isn't just for those who are in leadership positions. In fact, I find probably those who aren't in leadership positions are going to find a lot more value out of it. We're going to talk about some of the benefits Uh, how it helps reduce uh, turnover, builds avenues for better communication, and who couldn't use a little bit of uh, better communication in life. Uh, The downside to servant leadership, because with every strategy, with every uh, philosophy out there, there's always pros and cons. And then we're going to talk about how to develop your servant leader strategy. And if you don't want to have your own servant leader strategy, there might be bits and pieces that you can pick up and use for your own benefit. I want to start off here with the um, with an actually this is a website um, from the Center for Servant Leadership. Uh, Robert Greenleaf, who you're going to hear me refer to quite a bit, is considered the modern author of the Servant Leader. Uh, although there are um, you know you're going to find that this philosophy is something that has been in many Asian and uh, Western philosophies for a long time. So the first one is a quote here by Robert Greenleaf. The servant leader is servant first. It begins with a natural feeling that one wants to serve first. Servant leadership is a philosophy and set of practices that enriches the lives of individuals, builds better organizations, and ultimately creates a more just and caring world. The natural desire begins with a natural feeling that one wants to serve and to serve first. It is a conscious choice. The conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. So what is a servant leader? Servant leadership is a timeless concept, according to this. The phrase servant leadership was coined by Robert K. Greenleaf in The Servant as a Leader, which was an essay he published in 1970. In the essay, he says, the servant leader is servant first. It begins with the natural feeling that one wants to serve and to serve first. Then conscious choice brings one to aspire to lead. That person is sharply different from the one who is leader first, perhaps because of the need to 
assuage an unusual power to drive or to acquire material possessions. The leader first and the servant first are two extreme examples. Between them, there's the shading and blends that are all part of the infinite variety of human nature. So in the spectrum, we have the, the leader first and the servant first. I think as I, as I go through this, there are people who are driven just for power to be leaders, to be out there and control others. Then there's others who start off as the servant and they have a servant leadership style and they come into power. So when I said earlier that this show is really about those who are not leaders now um, and might you might gain the best benefit out of it, think about it from that perspective on the different spectrum. So this show really is about how we personally develop. So I want you to think about servant leadership in the sense that you probably already have many of those good characteristics of the servant leader. You just need to find a way to advance into that leadership position if you choose. The difference manifests itself in the care taken by the servant first to make sure that other people's highest priority needs are being served. The best test and difficult to administer is, do those served grow as persons? Do they, while being served, become healthy, wealthier, wiser, freer, more autonomous, more likely themselves to become servants? And what is the effect of the least privileged in the society or business entity, things of those natures? Will they benefit or at least not to be further deprived? The servant leader focuses primarily on the growth and well-being of people and the community to which they belong. While traditional leadership generally involves the accumulation and exercise of power by one at the top of the pyramid, servant leadership is different. The servant leader shares power puts the needs of others first and helps people develop and perform as highly as possible. Isn't They go on to talk about how the institution as a servant and how the institution as well as individuals could be servant leaders. So this construct of servant leadership goes beyond just being a, a leader from a personal perspective, but it really talks to it you know, from a philosophy perspective. We want to put the whole organization first. The institution could also, as an entity, be a servant leader and provide those philosophies and those core values. So from that perspective, we, we want to start thinking about what is servant leadership? How do we identify and recognize when a leader truly is being a servant leader? And perhaps we can take some of these best practices and use them in our own personal development. You're listening to My Strategy. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the art of servant leadership. We'll be right back. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth, published by iUniverse. Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them. 
rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Very happy to be here today. Today we're talking about the servant leadership, and the show is all about personal development. So we've been talking right before the break. We were talking about the servant leadership philosophy, what it is all about. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about the art of servant leadership. What is the art of servant leadership? And I've got an article here by Mark Tarallo. Um, he says, servant leaders are a revolutionary bunch. They're a revolutionary bunch, meaning they take the traditional power leadership model and turn it completely upside down. This new hierarchy puts the people or employees, if we're looking at it from a business concept, at the very top and the leader at the bottom, charged with serving the employees above them. And that's just the way servant leaders like it. He says that's because these leaders possess a serve-first mindset. They are focused on empowering and uplifting those who work for them. They are serving instead of commanding, showing humility instead of brandishing authority, and are always looking to enhance the development of their staff members in ways to unlock potential creativity and a sense of purpose. The end result? Performance goes through the roof, says Art Barter, founder and CEO of the Servant Leadership Institute and the CEO of Daltron World Communications. Magic happens, agrees Pat Falodico, a former IBM leader uh, who is now the CEO of the Robert K. Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership. Experts often describe the majority of the traditional business leaders as managers who mainly function as overseers of a transaction. How many times do you feel like in your career, in your boss, you are part of a transaction? It's very common if you do. Employees maintain desired performance levels. In exchange, they receive a salary and benefits. Generally, these managers are positional leaders. They drive authority simply from the fact that they are the boss. They are the boss. A servant leader moves beyond the traditional aspects of management, instead actively seeks to develop and align an employee's sense of purpose within the company mission. The fruits of these labors are bountiful. Servant leadership advocates say, empowered staff will perform at a high and innovative level. Employees feel more engaged and purpose-driven. 
which in turn increases the organizational's retention and lowers turnover costs. Well-trained and trusted staffers continue to develop as future leaders, thus helping to ensure the long-term visibility of the organization. I want to pause here because we've got all of this content around businesses and how this helps the business. But from a personal development perspective, we have our own goals. We have our own visions. We have our own desires that we want to accomplish. We have milestones that we want to achieve. So from that perspective, as you're thinking about your personal development plan, as you're thinking about going out and accomplishing those goals and objectives, I want you to not only think about how this applies in perhaps your current position, but also how you can use servant leadership to help you achieve your goals and objectives and what you are focusing on today. I'll continue. To reap these fruits, several things need to happen, experts say. Servant leadership ultimately starts with an unselfish mindset. If you have selfish motivations, then you're not going to be a good servant leader. It may be less about you, Philodikos says. Moreover, the organization at large needs to sustain a workplace culture in which this type of leadership can thrive. Finally, there are behaviors that servant leaders themselves must practice on a regular basis. As leaders, we can say anything we want, but we're going to be judged on our behavior, Barter says. And for the servant leader, behavior isn't just what gets done, but how it gets done. And I think that's important when you look at a leadership philosophy, when you look at an organizational philosophy, your core values, and it's not what gets done, but really how you go about getting it done. So as you're thinking about your personal dealings with your boss or personal dealings with those in your life, how are things done? Are they done from an authoritarian perspective or are they done by treating people right and with respect? And as a result, uh, you're able to accomplish those goals and objectives. So I think that really is what this comes down to is starting to think about servant leadership and, you know, really not not really so much from, a, you know, from a leadership perspective, but from how we all can have this servant leadership philosophy. And irregardless of whether you're the CEO of a company or you're somebody who's working for a company or if you're trying to accomplish your own goals and objectives. I'll continue. It says servant leadership can be considered something of a universal concept because its roots in both Eastern and Western cultures, researchers say, in the East, leadership scholars point to the Chinese philosophers of the 5th century BC, such as Laozi, who asserted that when the best leaders finished their work, the people would say, we did it ourselves. In modern day leadership circles, the concept gained much currency with Robert Greenleaf's 1971 essay, The Servant as a Leader. Greenleaf, who passed away in 1990, went on to found the Atlanta-based Greenleaf Center for servant leadership. In practice, now here's a here's a company that many of you may know. It's a US-based company, but in practice, Southwest Airlines, under the guidance and founder of Herb Keller, is frequently cited as the as the model servant leadership corporation. Keller's philosophy of putting employees first resulted in highly engaged, low turnover workforce and 35 plus consecutive years of profitability and an unheard record in the turbulent airline industry. And I think that's pretty darn good. If you think about it from that perspective, 
the airline industry is a very competitive industry. It requires a huge capital outlay. And when you look at Southwest, their operating philosophy, how they treat people, you know, if servant leadership was able to help a company who is really people-centric, who is really all about empathy and understanding the customer, that's something that can stand on its own. There's a lot more information here on other types of examples and best practices. So if you're interested, uh, you can find that online. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about servant leadership and how it can reduce turnover. We'll be right back. If you're a person caring for someone living with dementia, then this program is for you. It's designed for families and friends coping with the challenges of caregiving. The foundation of care, Susan Kohler believes, is communication. Innovative Dementia Care with Susan Kohler provides strategies to keep the lines of communication open between you and your loved one, increase quality interactions, decrease the burden of daily care for you, the caregiver. Join Susan, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Susan and her guests will share techniques so you can facilitate your loved one's ability to safely follow your instructions, participate in daily activities, and express daily wants and desires. To learn positive solutions, creative ideas, and practical strategies that will build a healthy foundation of care. Renaissance woman, trailblazer, maverick. Those are just some of the words to describe to Chandra Poulard, owner and CEO of House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC, a woman minority veteran-owned entertainment company based in Washington, D.C. Ms. Poulard served 10 years honorably in the United States Navy and departed from active duty to pursue her dreams of becoming an entertainment mogul. House of Virgo Entertainment offers script writing, producing, directing, DJ services, editing, and more. They cater to businesses, corporations, college students, working professionals, aspiring artists and nonprofit organizations, and employ veterans of the armed forces. Tashandra Poulard is pioneering the way we view media and taking her brand global. Visit her at www.houseofvirgoentertainment.com or call 281-515-3740 and like her on Facebook at House of Virgo Entertainment, LLC. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I'm John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy and we're coming live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Right before the break, we were talking about the art of servant leadership and how it is a bit of a revolutionary type of leadership style, but does have foundation in Eastern and Western culture. In this segment, I want to talk a little bit about servant leadership and how it can be used as an effective tool or effective uh, management style, leadership style, uh, to reduce turnover. Right before the break, uh, we were talking about Southwest Airlines. And I want to uh, transition over to an article that I have here by Zoe McKay, and it's called Why Servant Leadership Reduces Employee Turnover. So as employee turnover isn't fun to talk about, probably because of the unpleasant fact that if you're in a leadership position, you may be at least partially at fault. One study found that the relationship with supervisors was the third leading reason for voluntary departures. Lack of recognition and a few and few professional development opportunities also topped the list. So what can you do to address these retention problems? Adopting a servant leadership can be the important part of the solution. After all, servant leadership is based on the foundational idea that learning to serve those 
around you helps them achieve the greatest potential. Who wouldn't want to work for a boss like that? The servant leadership builds avenues for better communication. If your team members were to honestly answer, what would they say is their biggest complaint about your organization's leadership? If nationwide trends are any indication, communication would be a common answer. One survey found that not giving clear directions and not providing that in a timely manner is a reason for it. And a number of these complaints can stem from the traditional command and control leadership structures, which are based on values like hierarchy, class systems, and the exclusion and privilege. After all, these characteristics determine how we talk to and interact with each other. In a hierarchical system, the importance of relationships is minimized in favor of getting results. So it's hardly surprising that communication might break down. Edgar Schoen, a renowned organizational psychologist with a career spanning more than half a century, who's an expert in organizational development, says that transactional set of relationships among designated roles that unwittingly creates conditions of low openness, low trust, and can therefore make truly effective leadership difficult. Now, how does this relate to our personal development? Well, we know that communication is key. We've talked about this on this show before. We know that trust is key. We know that it's important for us to be effective communicators, set expectations, and properly properly work with others uh, to get what we want to accomplish. Well, it's no different for these organizations, right? If you're in an organization, the organization and the few people that you may interact with on a daily basis, or maybe, you know, hundreds of people, you know, when we talked about friendships uh, in a particular show, uh, you know, in a podcast, we talked about the total number of people that you really could have as true close friends. And I would assume that some of those people that you interact with are work colleagues and might fit into that. But really, how close are you to those work colleagues? How much are you spending? How much are you uh, working with them? And are these your boss or are these people who you just socialize with? So from that perspective, all of this ties together. It says here, servant leadership emphasizes the aspects of the new leadership paradigm like egalitarianism, collaboration and treating everyone as a leader and sharing information openly. In systems like these, leadership expert Ken Blanchard writes, the servant leader's role is to collaborate with the team to set the vision, give clear direction, and then shift to a service mindset for the task of implementation. So this is completely turning, as we learned earlier, this whole uh, authoritarian role upside down. It's throwing it out the window. And it's giving individuals the ability to contribute, to provide the vision. So why is this working? In our weekly, we talk about the vision. We talk about setting goals. We talk set about expectation setting. And if you're trying to accomplish a goal, it's very important for you to have clarity around that goal. It's very important for you to feel that you have a peace or are you know, somebody who has a vested interest in making sure that goal gets accomplished. So that's what they're saying here is that servant leadership really is getting everybody involved in providing that vision, a piece to that vision. And when everybody in the organization has a stake, they are now stake 
holders and the, the goal is to, you know, make them accountable for what needs to happen. And if you feel like you're an owner, you're going to take care of it rather than if you're somebody who's leasing or renting. So servant leadership recognizes success and encourages growth. Harvard researchers have found that employees who enjoy their work play to their strengths and continuously gain skills and experience that will advance their career. And about 33% are more likely to stay in their jobs. The problem, that's prob probably part of the reason why U.S. companies shelled out more than $70 billion on formal leadership and employee training programs, according to a training industry report. However, the servant leadership approach goes a step forward by ingraining those pillars of employee retention into workplace cultures. Uh, now, there's really three things that people can think about with regard to providing it. Number one, hindsight conversations. So help employees look within to determine who they are, where they've been, and what they love and where they excel. Number two is foresight conversations. Keep employees focused on the future, noting changing trends and ever-evolving bigger picture on the horizon and leverage insights. Help employees see their place in the organization as well as opportunities to grow. Identify unique experiences and fodder for development. So in your own world, in your own personal development world, are you working on hindsight conversations looking who you are, where you've been, what you love, how to excel? Are you looking at foresight conversations? Are you focused on the future, looking at trends, the ever-evolving big picture? Are you leveraging insights where the employees are being uh, helped to look for new opportunities to grow, find unique experiences, and fodder for development? If you are in an organization and you are you know, a part of your a traditional uh, workplace review process, having these conversations, then most likely you are part of a group that does do servant leadership. But if you're not, I think you need to think to yourself, how can I start thinking on my own about these areas? Because if somebody's not there trying to help you through the process, that doesn't mean that we can't grow. It just means that we need to find another means to do it. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about the downside of servant leadership. We'll be right back. Master of words, powerful player. What life-changing words can Dr. Janet Smith-Warfield pull out of her magical toolbox that just might mysteriously open a door you never knew was there? A door to free yourself from fear forever. Transform your rage into right action. Release your guilt. Position you into a life of freedom, purpose, passion, power, and peace. All quite suddenly, unexpectedly, and almost miraculously, with no effort on your part. Join Dr. Janet every Monday at noon Eastern on Dancing with Words, Dancing with Wisdom on the BBM Global Network as she and her guests show you how words map our experiences, immersing you in a sound bath that relaxes your muscles, opens your mind, and supports you in co-creating your extraordinary life. 
Dr. Rob Moyer is the director of the Ocean River Institute, and he is passionate about saving the ocean by helping dolphins suffering from nitrogen pollution. Nitrogen is a dangerous pollutant, affecting our oceans, altering ocean ecosystems, and contributing to global warming. The Ocean River Institute provides opportunities to make a difference and encourages people to go the distance for savvy stewardship of a greater and bluer planet Earth. Partnered with organizations from Massachusetts to Florida, Alaska to the Caribbean, the Ocean River Institute's mission is to foster involvement in conservation and environmental monitoring by facilitating grassroots efforts at local and regional levels. Hello, I'm Rob Moyer of the Ocean River Institute. Please visit our website at oceanriver.org. Sign up for free e-alerts. You may call us at 617-661-6647. Our email address is info at Ocean River. Become informed and then act with us. Thank you. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, John M. Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and Tune In Radio. Well, if you're just joining us, welcome. My strategy episodes are live on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Today we're talking about servant leadership. We're covering the art of servant leadership, servant leadership philosophy, benefits of being a servant leadership, the impact on organizations, the downside of servant leaderships, of servant leadership, and tips for building your servant leadership strategy. So really this is uh, an introduction into servant leadership, what it's all about. My strategy show is all about personal development, accomplishing our goals and our visions. So I want you to be thinking about How can you apply servant leadership to your own life? Would you thrive in an organization that was servant leadership style? That's something to consider. Or are you in an organization that already employs that philosophy? And so that's what we're experimenting with today, going through the the ups and the downs. This segment, I want to talk a little bit about the downside to servant leadership because not every leadership style is all positives. We've got an article here by Joni Hales. It is from uh, The Zing Train. It says the pros and cons of servant leadership. She goes on to talk about you know, how servant leadership was founded, and she references Robert Greenleaf as having adapted his thoughts along with many other leaders that we've admired to help come up with the concept for this approach in his essay that he wrote, I believe it was in 1971. And um, she goes on to say, you might be thinking, yeah, that all sounds great, but how will I get any of my work done if I'm always doing whatever the staff asks of me? I would encourage you to reread the statement above, she says. The basic idea of servant leadership is that first and foremost, we are here to serve the organization. It never says we must do everything for the staff, no matter what, and we must always say yes. It is our job as servant leaders to put the organization first. Yes, it does take rearranging the way many of us view typical leadership and how we were raised in the business world, which in which is where we are promoted. In servant leadership, the higher you are promoted, the harder you'll probably have to work, and the more you'll likely give more you'll likely need to give of yourself. But when you can commit to practicing servant leadership, you can quickly see the pros outweigh the cons. We want to understand what are the cons. We've talked a lot about the pros. 
So number one, Joni says, it takes longer to make decisions in the organization, which can make sense if you're seeking input from everyone. Leaders must do whatever the staff asks of them. It takes too long to teach and retrain leaders to think like a servant leader. The leader can be perceived as weak. Leaders don't have any formal authority to get things done. So these are some of the downsides of servant leadership, according to Joni Hale. She says, take, for example, a scenario where George is the leader in an organization. He has 15 years plus of management experience in the traditional organization is operated under my way or the highway mentality of typical managers. Sally, a newer employee of the organization, has an idea of how the scheduling could be changed to improve productivity and profits. Sally goes to George with her ideas and is immediately shut down because the changes Sally is proposing could affect George and his own schedule. Sally leaves feeling defeated and learns when she has good ideas, she should just keep them to herself. I think Joni brings up a really good point here. If you're, you, if you're in business, if you're in a position and you've found success five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, it is going to be hard to change. If your attitude and uh, you know, you're not given the proper training, it can be very difficult. And in many situations, you have leaders who are so used to doing things one way and the organization tries to go to a servant leadership philosophy, it is, it, it is not an easy process. So from that perspective, I think a lot of these are viable cons for servant leadership. But there's also benefits if you can get to that state where the company adopts it. I've got another article here by Samson Quain. He says, one of the most crucial aspects of running a business is choose an effective leadership model to ensure success and I don't mean just, I know we talk about personal development here, but really we all have to have our own leadership model. So, and you do have one. You just might not know it or have identified what it is yet. It says the servant leadership model has become an increasingly popular choice in recent years because it focuses on meeting the needs of employees and empowering them to do their best. First developed by Robert K. Greenleaf in 1970. Might have misspoke earlier by saying 1971, but it is 1970 according to this article. The model rejects the traditional authoritarian stance of most business structures in favor of business owners who are empathetic and responsive to employee needs and are interested in both personal and professional growth. In managing in a management setting, managers delegate tasks and provide constant support to the team members through research, gathering supplies, and continuous education. But before adopting the style, they say it's important to think about these limitations Number one, it works against traditional authority. Well, we kind of learned about that uh, in, in the prior article. Uh, the obvious limitation of servant leadership is that it goes against the traditional workplace structure that may have been in place for some time. They opine that it makes employees less motivated. Another problem with servant leadership is that it may make employees less motivated, and they then produce poor results over time. Servant leaders are naturally inclined to step in and fix problems when they occur, and this may include finishing a task that an employee fails to complete. But when the servant leader comes to the rescue, it may less motivate the employee. Decreases managerial authority. You can't discuss servant leadership disadvantages without acknowledging that putting the needs of your employees first 
can lead to a minimization of the authority and the overall management function of your business. And it doesn't fit every business. And again, these are opinions of the author. There are other problems with servant leadership, namely the fact that one size doesn't fit all. In other words, not every business benefits from this type of approach. Establishing a successful servant leadership takes time because it requires a commitment to develop your staff and promoting personal and professional growth. So just some of the downsides of servant leadership. I think it's important to really to think about this from the perspective of while it sounds great, anytime you're going through a transition or a transformation, it does take time. It, you know, you need to identify what the current state is, identify what the desired future state is, and you need to be able to put in place a plan, a roadmap to accomplish those. So it's no different with servant leadership as any of the goals that we've set for ourselves. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to develop your servant leadership strategy. We'll be right back. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, JobsAnnex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at JobsAnnex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. JobsAnnex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. The opiate epidemic has reached crisis levels, and with so many families affected by addiction, opiate-related drug overdoses, and death, the time is now to have a real constructive conversation about addiction that could lead to better prevention, treatment, and recovery. Alan Charles, author and keynote speaker on drug abuse and prevention, presents The Alan Charles Show. Alan brings a message of hope, sharing his unbelievable story of surviving a 24-year addiction to cocaine and highlights from his memoir, Walking Out the Other Side, an addict's journey from loneliness to life. His raw honesty and courageous heart breaks the stigma of addiction and offers a unique perspective into the mind of an addict. Join Alan each week as he brings his listeners to a true understanding of the grip of addiction. It is only with this understanding that we can begin to heal. The Alan Charles Show, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on the BBM Global Network. Hi there and welcome back. My name is John Hawkins. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. The show is called My Strategy. Welcome, everyone. Glad you could join us. Today, we're talking about servant leadership. Right before the break, we were talking about the downsides of servant leadership. As with any philosophy or anything we do, there's always uh, pros and cons, and we just went through some of the cons of servant leadership. However, I think that we do see that there are many benefits to servant leadership. And what we want to talk about in this segment is how do we develop our servant leadership strategy. I have a five-step process that I go through. I've shortened this for personal development because um, 
you know, personal development should be something that we can do on a daily basis. We should be able to make changes dynamically. Well, the five-step process is the awareness. What's our vision? What's our goal? What are we trying to achieve? Number two is assess and analyze. By assessing a situation, doing some analysis, we can figure out what proper steps to take. Strategize and plan. With your courses of actions identified that align to that vision or goal, you can start to determine ones that will help you get to your goal. Once we've done that, we might need to stop doing some actions and then implement our plan. And finally, support and evaluation. If things aren't working, who is there to coach us? Who is there to help us be successful? We didn't get into this world on our own, and we definitely need people to help us accomplish our goals. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we've talked a lot about servant leadership, you know, from a philosophy perspective, the pros, the cons. I want to get really concrete at this point and really talk about how to become a servant leader. So we've agreed that, you know, we need to add some of these courses of actions, some of these strategies into our daily life, our personal development plan. So I've got an article here, which is called, it's Mind Tools. It's a website. And I, I take a lot of stuff from them. They've got really good concrete examples of how to do things. And they've got one here on servant leadership and I will not bore you with the intro because it goes through many of the things we've already talked about and talked about and at length about how it's a leadership is not a, a style or technique. Rather, it's a way of behaving that you adopt over the long term complements, democratic leadership styles, et cetera, et cetera. They have a little section here called how to become a servant leader, which I thought was interesting. It says, according to Larry Spears, former president of Robert K. Greenleaf Center for Servant Leadership, there's 10 most important characteristics of a servant leader. So we're going to go through these. And I don't want you to think about your boss. I don't want you to think about your company you work for, the, the team that you're playing on. I want you just to think about these as standalone. And you're going to find that as we go through these, many of these things that we are going to talk about are really soft skills. They're soft skills. And so at some point, you know, while servant leadership is this philosophy, it's a leadership philosophy, many of these, 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 um, Things are just, they're soft skills that we should really develop. So I'm going to go through them. The first is listening, listening. The second is empathy, healing, awareness, persuasion, foresight, stewardship, commitment to growth of people, and building a community. Listening, you serve people better when you make a deep commitment to listening intently to them and understanding what they're saying. Now, that's a soft skill, active listening. We've talked about that in the past. Empathy, servant leaders strive to understand other people's intentions and their perspectives. You can be more empathetic by putting aside your viewpoint temporarily valuing others' perspectives and approaching situations with an open mind. We did have a podcast on empathy. Healing. This characteristic relates to the emotional health and wholeness of people and involves supporting them both physically 
and mentally. You know, how many times, you know, do people have success, they're doing great, and they run into a physical ailment or a physical issue, a mental issue? Well, the only way you're going to get them to be a top performer is to heal. Self-awareness. Awareness is the ability to look at yourself and think deeply about your emotions and your behavior and consider how they affect the people around you and align with your values. It's kind of the perspective, walking a mile in somebody else's shoes. Persuasion. Servant leaders are use persuasion rather than their authority to encourage people to take action. They also aim to build consensus in groups so that everyone supports decisions. Persuasion, that's a good one. I don't think we've covered persuasion. Conceptualization, this characteristic relates to your ability to dream, get dream, great dreams, so that you look beyond day-to-day realities to the bigger picture. I like that one. Conceptualization, that's the vision, the value of what we're trying to do. Foresight, foresight is when you can predict what's likely to happen in the future by learning from past experiences, identifying what's happening now. Well, foresight, really, that's experience, isn't it? You have experience and you have the ability to foreshadow, foresee what may happen. Stewardship is about taking responsibility for the actions and performance of your teams. Commitment to the growth of people. Servant leaders are committed to the professional and personal development of everyone in their teams. Do you need to just be a leader to help others grow? You could help your team members grow. And many times, you know, that that's just as important and more important than having a leader come to you, especially if you don't trust the leader. Building community. The last characteristic is to do with building a sense of community within your organization. I think that's what this all comes down to. If we're thinking about the entity, the organization, and starting to think about them from a what is in the best interest of the organization, we need to have a community. Whether it's a large organization, you know, a group that you're running, a family, building community really can help us build bridges and provide support for each other so that we can all accomplish the visions and the goals of our groups. You're listening to My Strategy. I am your host, John M. Hawkins, coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. When we come back, we're going to talk about putting your plan in place. We'll be right back. Mike Zorick, a three-time California state champion in Greco-Roman wrestling at 114 pounds. Mike, blind since birth, was born in Hartford, Connecticut. He was a six-time national placer, including two seconds, two-thirds, and two-fourths. He also won the Veterans Folk Style Wrestling twice at 152 pounds. In all these tournaments, he was the only blind competitor. Nancy Zorick, a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions in several states. Her father, a commercial artist who shared his instruments with his daughter and helped her fine-tune her natural abilities, influenced her decision to follow in his footsteps. Ms. Zorick has enjoyed a fruitful career doing what she loves. Listen Saturday mornings at 12 Eastern for The Nancy and Mike Show for heartwarming stories and interesting talk on the BBM Global Network. Do you battle with weight loss? There is a solution. Founder of Weight No More Consulting, Deborah Simons, can help you lose weight safely and effectively through weight loss surgery. 
I know. I had the surgery two years ago, and I am 135 pounds lighter and medication-free. This full-service weight loss center caters to your every need as you navigate to a healthy weight following surgery. Servicing all of Canada, Weight No More Consulting takes pride in its compassionate care and guides you through each step before and after surgery. Starting with informational meetings, Weight No More Consulting educates each potential client before they decide to have surgery on the health risks of obesity and the various weight loss surgeries available. After surgery, Weight No More Consulting provides a solid support system with ongoing meetings to ensure continued success. Deborah Simons and Weight No More Consulting are committed to promoting your health and wellness through maintaining a healthy weight for life. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and to TuneIn Radio. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Glad to be here. My name is John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy. We're coming to you live from the BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Today we're talking about servant leadership. And in case you missed this broadcast, you can listen to it on iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, or many other digital platforms. So you can go back and listen to the podcast. We've got about 65 episodes after we complete today for you to go back and listen to. And if you'd like to have something covered on the show, uh, please send an email to talk at johnmhawkins.com. That's talk at johnmhawkins.com. Or give me a call. Give us a call at 1-844-MY-STRATEGY. Or give me a call. I'd love to talk to you. What do you want to talk about? Let's talk about it. Uh, well, in this show, we've been talking about servant leadership, talking about the art of servant leadership, servant leadership philosophy, the benefits, the impact on organizations and ourselves, the downsides of servant leadership and tips. For building your servant leadership strategy. First, we talked about the servant leadership philosophy. What is this philosophy? How does it impact in organizations? And we learned that really it's about, you know, servant leadership is about serving the organization, about serving those who are in the organization. And as we serve those in the organization, as we serve the organization, we want to think about their needs. It's not about thinking about our needs as a leader. It is about thinking about those in the organization, putting their needs first, putting the organizational needs first. And as we do that, the, uh, is, we should see many benefits from this philosophy, assuming it has been indoctrinated within the organization. Now, the servant leaders really is a revolutionary type of approach to leadership it is different than a totalitarianism or a dictatorship or any other type of structure out there whereby we are empowering people. We are uplifting those who work for them. We are showing humility instead of brandishing 
authority. I want to pause on that and think about it. The organizations, the groups, the families that you belong to, where in that spectrum do those leadership styles fall? Do you feel empowered? Do you feel that the that your boss is humble? Do you feel that they really want to make you successful? Or do you see them as the opposite? And how does that make you feel? Because when organizations have organizational cultures and, and structures, we also have our own. And sometimes you'll get stressed if that organizational philosophy doesn't mesh with the organizations, if your organizational philosophy doesn't mess with the, mess, mesh with the organizations. We also learned that servant leadership has shown to reduce turnover, builds avenues for better communications. Servant leadership recognizes success and encourages growth. And servant leadership can foster a sense of community. Really, from that perspective, there's lots of great examples. We learned about Southwest Airlines, who's been in business, and their founder implemented a servant leadership philosophy and has had that in place, and they've had tremendous success, especially in a very competitive industry like the airlines. So as you go through your next – as you go on your next vacation, if you do happen to be on that airline, really listen to their employees. See what the atmosphere is like, the environment's like. And you'll see that those are employees who are a product of a servant leadership style organization. We also learned there's some downsides to servant leadership. Some of these were perceived, but it works against your traditional authority model, decreases managerial authority and doesn't fit every business, which we expected. Also, if you have an organization that is trying to transition from one model to another, it can be very difficult. But just keep in mind that as you develop your strategy, breaking habits is hard. And if we are aware of those patterns, it makes it easier for us. We're going to need to consciously prioritize and commit. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Really glad to be here. My name is John M. Hawkins. The show is my strategy, and we will see you next time. Take care, everyone. This has been My Strategy with your host, John M. Hawkins. Listen each week as John reminds us that just like elite athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of their coaches, he is here to help you achieve your highest goals possible. Here each week on My Strategy. You've been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.